Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of the Pokescast, production of the Casper Star Tribune and Pokes Authority. I am Davis Potter, Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune, and I'm joined, as I always am, by our Wild Varsity Preps writer, Brady Oltmans, who is on the phone up in Casper and coming off a long week, aren't you, Brady? Oh man, it's been it's been popping. It is what it is. It was all right. Hectic, but it was all right. I mean, you got to tell the people what you were uh, what you were covering last week. Kind of oh yeah, yeah. Um, we come off of just the good old football championships, which was. It was it was good. I mean, it's always a fun time to be down there. The kids always show out and have a lot of fun. There's always a couple moments where you kind of like you you do the the ooh or like kind of the 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 plays where <laughs> if the plays where if they were televised or or hopefully we need to learn how to gif on um, SVI's feed or the the NF the NFHS networks feed because a couple of those you could put on Twitter and have a have a like a subtle little Twitter fun with it, but, um, it was good. It's really the only time I get to watch six man football and that's the best thing in the world. So, um, you know what, actually, and this might be a discussion for a different pod, but I was talking with, um, one of my radio buddies and we came up with, um, the NFL for their overtime fix overtime, just have play with six guys for um, NFL um, over NFL overtime switch to six man football. Dude, anytime you can just have six men involved and play six man football, I'm all for it. So you got my vote. I'm I'm down. It's it's the best. Yeah. Well, so yeah, um, the Wyoming high school football championships wrapped up. Uh, so if you're interested in that, um, you know, go check out uh, trib.com uh, for all of Brady's coverage um, of those games over the weekend. But um, gonna go ahead and dive into. Uh, <clears throat> Wyoming football now, Brady. I uh, got a lot to get to, and uh, first, just wanted to uh, apologize for our hiatus last week. Um, I had a laptop that was dying, and by the time Brady got me a new one uh, toward the end of last week, it was too late. So uh, couldn't couldn't record one last week. But uh, we're back this week, and uh, <laughs> barring any further technical difficulties, uh, we'll be back uh, every week at least through. Uh, through the season, but um, Brady been uh, been a, a tough two weeks uh, for this Wyoming football team. Uh, the last couple of games, um, you know, coming off their twenty six twenty one loss at Utah State um, the week before, obviously losing that uh, that heartbreaker in overtime at Boise State, and um, those two losses coming by a combined eight points, and obviously going into now. The Colorado State game and uh, a short border war week as Wyoming doesn't have a whole lot of time, you know, to sulk it and then uh, dwell on uh, these last couple games as they've got to get ready for a Friday game um, back at War Memorial Stadium against Colorado State, the last home game of the year where uh, Wyoming will be trying to cap an undefeated uh, home season, which I probably have to do some little research on that. I don't know the last time Wyoming went undefeated at home in, in a single year, but um, you know, it's going into that game and, uh, where, you know, it's just a matter of, <clears throat> um, these last two games and, and really all season and some of these close games that they've played, cause they played a ton of them. Um, you know, it was, it was a matter of where they just could not get enough offense there at the end. Yeah. I, I, I gotta tell you, man, this was one of those, 
I we, they didn't have it on the TVs in the press box, so I was kind of only able to kind of keep an eye on it through live stats and a little bit of the clips that were shown on Twitter. But this is really, I don't, man, it's and I feel like I say this every time out, but it was one of those things where Wyoming has a chance to get a lead like early. They have a chance to expand upon a lead. They have a chance to to go for the throat basically. And they just have a habit of letting teams stay in it. And this was one of those times where, like, I, I, and obviously you, you can speak on this a little bit more because you were right there. But um, Utah State yeah. was, they hung around for long enough to where they could take a lead, and then Wyoming basically just dug themselves too big of a hole. Um, whereas if they kind of, they got out to that bigger lead, they were able to kind of go for the kill initially, that they wouldn't have been in that position. Now. Again, another late comeback that falls just short. It's same song, different verse. It's eh, I Wyoming fans do have a legitimate gripe of how close they could be to being undefeated right now. I mean, all of these losses have just been heartbreaking and gut-wrenching. But the fact of the matter is, they're losses. I mean, every loss hurts. These probably more so. Yeah. But it's legitimately they do not have time to grovel because you can say Colorado State is a must win. I Personally, it's a it's a can't lose. I'm going to put that on you. Like, speak on it a little bit for me, but I think not only is it a rivalry game, but Wyoming absolutely cannot lose on Friday. Go for it. Well, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit on that a little bit later because I want to dive into some, okay. some, of, some of this offensive stuff. But I was going to hit on that a little bit later because, yeah, I think, um, you know, with the bowl picture as it is, and there are – right now there are seven bowl-eligible teams already in the league, and there are only six guaranteed spots. And, um, <laughs> you know, th- there could be as many as nine bowl-eligible teams. Um, again, I'll get into this a little bit later, but I don't think there's that – that, that many is go, are going to be bowl eligible when it's all said and done. But, um, yeah, it's, it's an important game. But going back to just these last two games real quick, um, you, know, you, you feel for the defense once again. Because, look, yes, they gave up some explosive plays. You, but you knew going into that they probably were. This is a pass defense that struggled all year. Um, and, and at this point – you know, ten games into the season, you are who you are, and and this is what this uh, Wyoming defense, particularly on the back end, this is sort of what they are at this point. And um, you knew going into that game, they probably were going to, particularly when you're playing that that offense on on their field with that quarterback and Jordan Love, um, you know, who was sort of hit or miss again. Um, you know, sort of got got hot there midway to the latter part of that game before he went out with an injury. But um, you know, defense didn't give up much of anything on the ground. Um, you know, they forced more uh, you know, multiple turnovers once again and, and scored a defensive touchdown for the third time this year and, and, and kept them in the game. And that's what this defense does, man. It's, it's a, I mean, I wrote this even after the uh, Boise state loss in my takeaways column. I mean, this is, this is a championship level defense, um, particularly w- with what it's doing uh, in the front seven. And, you know, that, again, that, that defense kept them in the game and gave them a shot to win that. The problem was, uh, if you want to really point to where, and, and, and I know there's, I, you know, I heard from fans on Twitter and, and, and just in general about some of the some of the penalties and, and some, what they thought were questionable, and, and I, I agree. I mean, I, 
I thought that particularly the pass interference on Tyler Hall late in that game, um, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't think that was pass interference at all. Um, but, uh, you know, they were penalized nine times. And, you know, were, were there questionable calls? Sure. Was that the reason you lost the game? No. Um, they had three possessions, uh, or their first three possessions, I should say, of the game all reached Utah State territory. Two of those reached the red zone. And uh, one ended in a goal line stand for Utah State, and the other one ended in a turnover. And you got no points out of those, and you committed four turnovers in all. And this was a Wyoming team that came into the season or came into that game with just five turnovers all year. So that that's where you lost the game. And, um, you know, it's, it's something, again, where um, offensively they just have not been able to generate enough offense in, in some of these games, or particularly against – Obviously, some of the better competition that they're facing. I mean, you talk about a four-point loss at San Diego State, uh, three-point loss in overtime to Boise, uh, the five-point loss to Utah State, and then a uh, three-point loss on the road at Tulsa, um, where they have not they have not scored more than twenty-two points in any of those games. And you know, one of the things I wanted to hit on, and I know there there's been there's a lot of uh, <laughs> debate and, and frustration among some Wyoming fans just about um, you know some of the play calling. Um, from Britt Vegan, particularly in that Boise State game. Um, I, I thought they did get way too conservative and way pr- too predictable at the end of that game um, because, you know, particularly when Tyler Vanderwall is taking over at quarterback. And while he's certainly not a stiff back there, and I've said that before, I mean, he's a lot more athletic than people give him credit for, I think. I mean, he had two more rushing touchdowns against um, Utah State on Saturday. Uh, but defenses don't with with Sean Chambers out. Um, obviously, Tyler's not nearly as dynamic a runner, and you don't formulate most of your game plan around his running ability the way they did Sean's. Um, and, and defenses don't have to account for that anymore. And then now you've only got one healthy running back that that they trust at this point um, playing in in Xavier Valaday. Um, you know, Brett Britton, <laughs> as most people are aware, the you know, the Casper native uh, who is now a walk-on uh, there at Wyoming, uh, he is the only running back other than X that has gotten the carrot the last two games. Um, and, and, you know, Wyoming is – I'd have to go back and do some of the research on this, but, you know, most of their running game is between the tackles. I mean, almost all of it. And a majority of that is running through the A and B gaps. And I thought particularly uh, late in that Boise State game, the fourth down call, you know, I think – you know. Boise State pretty much knew what was coming, um, but I, I thought even what to me what was an even worse call in my opinion was the, the third and four call in overtime um, when you know they ran the ball right up the middle again and Boise State had basically ten guys in the box waiting on it and I, I do think some of the decision to make that call was um, made two plays earlier. If people will remember when uh, Wyoming went for the kill with the flea flicker on the first play of overtime and uh, Tyler Vanderwall threw into double coverage and honestly should have been intercepted. I mean, that, that, that should have ended the game, uh, but he dropped it. And, you know, I, I thought, um, you know, in that Boise State game, it did get to a point where uh, it, it became too bogged down and, and too predictable on what they're doing. And, um, you know, I, I think that's just sort of a result of what they've been doing all year. I mean, look, when our, your identity offensively is is so much um, centered on, on the run, running game, and you've had that much success with it to that point. Because remember, I guess Nevada uh, X had a 200 yard game. You know, had like 260 all purpose yards somewhere around there. Um, 
And I think, you know, when you're as a coaching staff, when you see that, see that and it's working that effectively, I think you take the approach of, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Um, but, you know, Boise State's not New Mexico or Nevada, and they needed to be, um, you know, more diverse. And I think, you know, from a big picture perspective, and I think this is something we'll talk about more in, in the offseason, but I, I think this offense has to really look at itself. And I think Brent and, and, and Craig Bull really have to look at what they're, what this offense is doing and, and really evolve what they're doing offensively and, and add more diversity and add more variation to it. Um, short term, I think they've got to add more variation to this running game when you when your options are limited um, as far as the personnel that you have at this point in these last two games. And I actually think thought that you, uh, Wyoming did that uh, in the Utah State game. I mean, they, they incorporated some Wildcat. They incorporated more perimeter runs. Uh, you know, uh, Austin Conway had multiple carries on the edge, and, you know, it resulted in eight, nine, ten yards. I mean, they ripped off some good chumps. Uh, even the, the fourth down call on the goal line um, when, when X was stuffed, I mean, that was an outside run. Um, so, you know, if you're a fan and, and you, you're going to complain about, you know, j- just, uh, you know, how, how bland the offense is at times and the play calling with just you know, running the ball up the gut all the time, uh, you know, you can't complain about them trying something else on the goal line, even if it didn't work. I mean, I, you know, I think Utah State even expected the ball to go up the middle on that play. And I think you got to give uh, – I can't remember who made the tackle on that play, but you got to give that guy some credit for, you know, staying disciplined and, and, and reading his keys and staying on the edge because they they went outside. I mean, that was, a, that was a perimeter run that they tried to catch them off guard with, and, you know, they snuffed it out. And I think you got to just tip your hat to Utah State on that play. But – um, I don't know why it's taken them so long to incorporate more variations of their running game and give defenses something else, you know, to at least have to plan for on film and at least make them um, try to, you know, you know, defend the whole field and, and try to keep dif- defenses honest. Because really, that Utah State game was the first time in a long time I can remember them trying, um, you know, anything other than running off tackle or running through the A and B gaps. And, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's something that uh, that you know they've got. I think they've got to add more of in these last two games. Again, um, you know when you are uh, you know still sort of vying to solidify your bowl spot because I think uh, Wyoming does need another win. Um, you, you, you've got to you know throw as much as you can at this defense. Um, but at, at, in the, at the end of the day, man, you know four turnovers. This this Wyoming team, this this Wyoming offense in particular, is not prolific enough to overcome that many mistakes and then Tyler Vanderwall you know scrambling trying to make a play and just makes a really ill-advised throw over the middle and man I, I have not seen Craig Bowl that heated in a long time I, I haven't watched any of the ESPN ESPNU broadcast from that game the replay so I, I don't know if the cameras caught it man but you could tell that, that Tyler knew he shouldn't have thrown that ball he sort of laid on the ground for a second and you know Craig just waited for him to stand up and, and sort of lit into him and uh, you know, Tyler, that's just a, a throw you cannot make, man, in that situation. And, um, you know, Tyler has played pretty well, I would say, the, the first two games. I mean, his completion percentage is way up from what uh, it has been, uh, obviously, uh, for last season when he completed less than 50% of his passes. So he's been more efficient. Um, you know, but but you can't you can't afford the, those kind of turnovers, man. And, and uh, you know, he obviously accounted for all four of those because he – uh, the fumble that they had in the red zone early in that game, um, that was that was on him trying to scramble out of the pocket and make something happen and didn't have a whole lot of ball security. And, uh, you know, that's 
I think that, that is something to uh, definitely watch uh, going forward, and, and particularly on Friday in this uh, Colorado State game. Yeah, one of the things, and I think we talked about it briefly um, in our limited evening uh, together on Friday before you left for Logan and before I had the second game of football, was um, it the, the a lot of the play calling like against Boise, I, I admired a lot of the decision-making I admired. Now, like specific play calling, I think you could – there are some legitimate gripes there if you want to complain about them, um, not just by the result, but by execution. But like the decisions on when to go for it and to kind of, and to be more aggressive, I enjoyed. Um, and I, I admired that decision. Um, but like on the fourth and on that fourth down call, and I, I mean, I, I have jokingly put it to you. I was like, you know, give it to Brett Brenton, just like let him take his two, two step misdirection to the side and go straight up the middle. You trust him to get the yards. And I know some of that is on the play calling. If a team can anticipate that staying between the tackles, they can load the box on you. And But at that down and distance, you kind of – you trust your offensive line to get that push. And for your running back or ball carrier to come with a head full of steam and just look, stare at every single one of the 11 guys on the other side of the field and says, I dare you to stop me. And – this this was one of the instances where that doesn't work out in their favor. I but you tr- you want to keep the ball in your playmaker's hands, and and we talked about how they're going to ride X until the wheels fall off of that young man, um, which yeah. at at this rate it inevitably might happen any day now. But it's and then against Utah State, I think after a week of critique and on Twitter criticisms and again, some of it founded, I think Wyoming showed that they were a little bit more adaptable. Uh, they do have athletes on the outside that they can throw, that they can get the ball out to. And they're not one dimensional. They don't need to be one dimensional. I mean, there's, they're definitely a run heavy offense, but they don't need to only do the run. Um, and like Vanderwall made some bad throws, or, or errant throws, I should say, but also some of the, like, you know, trying to make a play, that's the same thing that Sean Chambers tried to do against Tulsa and stretch out, you know, like he's going to lose the ball. Like that's just, that's football. That's a, you, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. You get a dynamic, fiery playmaker that wants to stretch for every single yard. Sometimes it's going to come back to bite you. You need to be okay with that as a guy that wants that sort of player on your team. So, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of like what I mentioned before. Overall, grand scheme, in a nutshell, this is a team that I think has a lot of has a lot of potential that cha- that emerged into this potential after the the season opening win. We talked about how we're just you know a moral victory, keep it close, turns into this team is competing for a conference championship, and it's it's they're out for blood for it. And every single yeah. loss since then has been gut wrenching. They they need to become this team that knows how to close out games. They need to be this team that can grind it out. And but they also need to be a team that knows if a conference championship's out the window, they've got to they've got to find it within themselves to say we are still playing for something. And um, boy, you sure hope they find it this week. Yeah, I, I will say that there, there's a difference between trying to stretch out at the one-yard line to break the plane with the ball and fumbling in that situation, and then running around, scrambling. And 
throwing completely against your momentum and across your body over the middle of the field. I mean, that's the biggest no-no in, in college football. Uh, yeah. And, or in football at, at any level for a quarterback. You can't – Yeah, yeah. You, you can't do that. And and Tyler knows that. I mean, he – you know, we I've talked to him plenty of times and, and, and talked to Brent Vegan plenty of times about um, ball security with him and, and, and decision-making. And, um, you know, he, he talks about it all the time, you know. Got to live to play another down and, and not force the issue. Um, I mean – Yes, that's easier said than done when you're in the heat of the moment and you're trying to go out there and make plays. But, um, you know, you, you just that, – that's that's one you know as a quarterback. I mean, you've been ta- taught that since since peewee. You know, you, you can't you can't run one way and try to throw the ball back across the middle of the other because bad things happen, and that's exactly what happened uh, on, on Saturday. So um, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, what happens against uh, Colorado State because, you know – Getting into now, uh, kind of what this game means for Wyoming. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they've got to win probably another game to assure themselves of getting back to a bowl. I mean, I mentioned in the open um, that you know there are already seven bowl eligible teams in the Mountain West and six spots, which is actually one more than I thought because the, the, the Mountain West has five primary tie-ins in the Hawaii Bowl, Arizona Bowl, New Mexico Bowl, Potato Bowl, and the Las Vegas Bowl. But I didn't realize, uh, because there were people, I, I've seen um, other reporters and people talking about that there was a sixth one uh, with the Armed Forces Bowl down in Fort Worth, which that was not, a, that was not affiliated with the Mountain West last year. And I, I wasn't sure about that. And, uh, and, and the Mountain West... Actually, on their website, they have a bowl synopsis where you, I mean, even if, if, if you're listening to this or, you know, the casual fan can even, I mean, you can go to the website and, and look for all this yourself. But, um, you know, it, it has where, uh, you know, the, all the bowl, the primary bowl tie-ins and, you know, which, which bowls get first, you know, the first selections and all that stuff. And there's not, the Armed Forces Bowl isn't mentioned anywhere. But I went on the Armed Forces Bowl website, and sure enough, there was a. Uh, I guess they released uh, the news back in May that uh, this year's Armed Forces Bowl was going to be uh, a feature a Mountain West team and a, and a Big Ten team. That's assuming the Big Ten has enough teams to fill its bowl allotment. But uh, yeah, so now there's six. But still, as I mentioned, uh, there's still the possibility that uh, two more teams become bowl eligible because. Uh, Colorado State, Fresno State, San Jose State are all sitting at four and six right now. Um, you know, obviously Wyoming can eliminate CSU from the picture if they win this week. But um, if Colorado State wins on Friday, that's going to leave Wyoming probably um, facing a must-win situation against Air Force uh, to try to assure themselves of a bowl bid. Um, and then in the West Division, you. Uh, you know, Fresno State and uh, San Jose State play each other. So one of them is not going to reach six wins. So most likely, I think uh, you're probably looking at uh, eight teams from the league getting bowl eligible because even if Colorado State were to beat Wyoming, uh, they've got to finish the season against Boise State. And I don't see Colorado State winning that game. Um, And they would have to win out, obviously, to get the bowl eligibility. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, but there is a possibility that – um, eight or nine teams end up bowl eligible. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's, it's more possible this year, uh, to sneak in at six and six, um, you know, with, with that sixth bowl spot. And then, um, it looks like some teams, particularly the PAC 12, 
Um, probably not going to be able to fill its complete bowl allotment. So you're probably looking at a Mountain West team, um, you know, being slotted in one of their backup bowls, um, like the Cheez-It Bowl, the Red Box Bowl, or something like that. But, you know, if worst case scenario for Wyoming, if you went 0-4 and, and finished the season on a four-game losing streak to finish 6-6, six and six, um, I don't know if the – I don't know if the, the people making these bowl, creating these matchups or picking these bowl teams, I don't know if that would affect their decision or not. Um, but bottom line is, man, you, you've got a game at home against Colorado State um, and, and, and another one after this. I mean, it, you just need to win and take care of your own business. I mean, I, I got a story up at uh, Trib.com right now just about this specific topic and talking to, uh, you know, Craig Bowl and some of the players. And, you know, Austin Conway, the senior receiver, was like, yeah, if we lose our last four, we're probably going to get left out. We just need to win a game, and that's that's exactly what they need to do. And, you know, this is a a, a game at home on Friday that they probably should win. Um, you know, I, I and I think they're going to win it. Uh, but if they sit there and turn the ball over a bunch of times, man, this this thing could become uh, interesting quick. And, um, you know, it, it, particularly with, with Tyler Vanderwall, if, if he turns the ball over a couple times in that first half, I would not be surprised if you see Levi Williams, the true freshman quarterback, in there. Uh, we asked Craig Bull at his press conference earlier this week if um, there was any chance that Levi might play, and and Craig said they are evaluating all their options. And I think that that goes. He's talking about the quarterbacks, but I think he could basically take that statement, and apply it to their entire team. I mean, I think they're going to use any and everybody that they can to try to win this game on Friday. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's the border war, it's the rivalry, trying to win their fourth straight uh, game and keep the bronze brute in Laramie. Uh, but again, big picture, this is an important game for their uh, their postseason aspirations because, you know, Air Force, um, they are half a game back of um, Boise State atop the division. Um, you know, if, if Utah State happens to uh, upset Boise State this weekend because Boise State has to go to Logan uh, this weekend, if that happens, uh, Air Force could be going into the last – uh, week of the regular season playing for at least a share of the division championship. In my opinion, that's probably the best defense that Wyoming is going to see all year. Um, and, uh, you know, that that's going to be a real challenge going in there. Not saying Wyoming can't win that game, but they're going to have to play really, really well, um, you know, and score some points to win that game. So uh, Friday, this is a game on Friday that they really need to take advantage of. And, and if you get this one, I, I think you, you lock it up. I don't think you have anything to worry about as far as your bowl prospects. Yeah, no, it's going – it's a, it's a cannot-lose game. I mean, like you said, Craig Bowles' statement of exploring all opportunity or exploring all options, absolutely that should apply to everything. I mean, yeah. th- this is – for as high as this team was confidence-wise at certain points during the season and as stoked as this team has looked, you absolutely – can you imagine? You absolutely cannot f- drop another one like this, especially another heartbreaker because you've done that to two straight te- – two, ga- two games in a row against two very good teams. Now, Colorado State, again, not up to the same level of competition, especially this year, as Boise and Utah State. But you throw all that stuff out when it's the border war. Um, it's supposed to still – it's supposed to be frigid. Uh, it's supposed to snow the day before – or on Wednesday – I think there might be some residual snow left over on Friday, but I don't – the forecast doesn't say that right now. But it always seems to snow during the border war. So 
It yeah. is what it is. And this is it's it's literally gut check time. That's that's what it is. What does this yeah. Wyoming team want to be? I mean, if you're going to have to pull guys off the sidelines who may have not contributed as much because they're they're hungry and fired up and they want this as much as anybody else on the team. I know I again, I kind of joke with you about um, on Twitter, it was probably a couple of weeks ago about um, Luke Glassick um, getting an opportunity as Cooper Roth's um, seat gets warmer, but that's you know that's probably not going to happen. That's ab- yeah, yeah. Uh, unless Luke Glassick hits a sixty-four yarder in practice and Cooper Roth falls down the stairs on his way to practice. I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah. it's but probably not. That probably not, but that's the sort of mentality I think that a lot of these guys need to have because even if you're probably not going to see the field, you need to come every day to practice with that because this this Wyoming team's not going to get any better if they're not just busting it, hoping to not only end this sort of heartbreak losing streak that they have, but to keep the bronze boot in town and beat their rival and and solidify a bowl game. I mean, they're they're even though I know that their goal was a conference championship and I know that it feels so awful to not have that on the table after all of the, what, single possession losses that they've had, but there's still a lot to play for and there's a lot that they can still lose this season. So it's time to, to double down and get after it, man. Har, har, get it. Har, har. All right, you can, you can talk now because I got to sip this coffee. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I, I think <clears throat> to your point about the mentality, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, is throwing uh, throwing a true freshman like Levi Williams out there, uh, you know, in a in a a prime time game uh, against a, a rival, you know, is is he gonna you know perform better than Tyler Vanderwall? I have no idea. Uh, that that's a tough that's a tough task for any true freshman. But uh, yeah, you can't have turnovers, man. That that is. That is the one thing that Wyoming can hang its hat on this year is the fact that it's it's usually been disciplined and it hasn't been a team that's beaten itself. Uh, and then, you know, they have taken the ball away and they've protected the ball again. They only had five turnovers all season going to that Utah State game. Uh, and then you have four in that game. And, you know, if, yeah, if, if, if he's throwing interceptions and he's turning the ball over in, the, in that first half, uh, yeah, I would not be at all surprised – um, if if you see Levi Williams in that game and see if he can um, give them some sort of spark. Um, because, again, yeah, I think all options are on the table for them. I think they're going to use everybody that they can. I, I think they're going to, uh, you know, sort of empty their chamber, so to speak. Uh, because, yeah, this game is, is, is important for reasons beyond the obvious. And um, so should be a, a good one uh, on Friday night. Uh, that game will be nationally televised uh, on ESPN2, and it is set for a 7.30 kickoff Friday night. So, uh, Brady, let's go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we will jump to uh, another sport in uh, basketball.
podcast, and now we're going to uh, switch to basketball. Um, another team at Wyoming that is um, struggling to uh, find some offense, Brady. Um, Wyoming's basketball team is one and three, at least at the time of this recording. Um, we are recording this before uh, Wyoming's game against Detroit Mercy on Tuesday night. So, um, but by the time you listen to this, um, uh, it, they'll either be on a four-game losing streak or they'll will have lost three of their last four games, Brady. And um, I can't speak a whole lot on the Oregon State game because that game was being played Saturday night as we were all still in the press box and Logan uh, working on football. So, um, yeah, I, I, I did not see uh, a second of that game. Um, but um, Wyoming lost that game 83-63. to 63. That was their season high in points, uh, 63. And before that, um, they had <clears throat> lost two of their first three games um, and had not given up more than 66 points in any, either the, in any of those games. Um, and obviously the Oregon State game was uh, the, the outlier in terms of uh, points that they had allowed this year. But, man, bottom line is – um, you know, when you're, when you're four games into your season and the highest that you've scored is, is 63 points, um, you know, you're not turning right enough offense and, you know, Alan Edwards and, and even these players, um, have talked about the fact that, you know, they're going to hang, they're going to hang their hat on the defensive end of the floor this year. And they're not going to be this explosive, uh, offense, you know, get up and down the court. Cause, um, yeah, I, I don't. Frankly, I don't think they have that kind of personnel. But um, at some point, you got you got to you know you can't ask your defense to you know hold teams to you know sixty, fifty five, sixty points every night. I mean, at some point, you got to score. And, and Hunter Romaldonado specifically needs some help. I mean, he has been the one constant on the offensive end of the floor. He scored eighteen points against Oregon State in that game. He's reached double figures in every game this season. Um, but uh, AJ Banks was the only player, only other player, I should say, to reach double figures against Oregon State with ten points. They just haven't had any secondary scoring options really consistently emerge. Uh, you know, TJ Taylor had um, you know double figures against Cal State Fullerton. Um, Hunter Thompson has gotten off to a really slow start uh, this season. Uh, hasn't reached double figures yet, but. Um, you know, these are guys that, that they need to, uh, you know, to help take some of the load off Hunter Thompson. I mean, this is so far this year, it's, it's looked a lot like last year when Justin James, um, you know, did, you know, scored most of the points and everybody else just sort of stood around. And I think, and I don't mean like stand around literally, but I, I do think these, you know, some, these other guys, um, you know, have to be more aggressive when, when, when teams are trying to take Hunter Maldonado away and take, take Jake Hendricks away. You know, I, I think Alan Edwards and his staff are going to have to adjust you maybe how they try to get the ball to some of these guys too. But, you know, other guys, when, when, when teams just, you know, take them away and make no mistake, I mean, the competition's only going to get tougher from here. Uh, you know, you've you got to play uh, Louisiana Lafayette on Thursday, who should finish in the top half of the, of the Sun Belt. That's been a 20-win team basically for the last three or four years. Uh, and then you go to Vegas in a couple weeks um, to play in the MGM Grand Events Tournament uh, against uh, high major opponents again in Colorado and either Clemson or TCU. So, um, you know, they're going to have to figure out a way to to get some more offense outside of Hunter. This, this defense is doing all it can, particularly against – 
um, you know, more the teams of its caliber. Um, I mean, it's not a surprise that Oregon State came here and scored 83 points against them. Oregon State scored 80-something against them last year in a win. Uh, but bottom line is, man, they, they've got to have more guys help out on the offensive end of the floor. And that's – I feel like that's something that we've heard about for a couple of years now. I mean, Alan Edwards is a very – he wants to run that up-tempo style offense. He wants to get these guys in space and let these athletes make plays. But he also is very driven of being defensive-centric of, you know – you create those opportunities on offense by making stops on defense and getting out on the break. And obviously last year was kind of an outlier of how with all the injury issues and being so incredibly short-staffed and and not having results, you can you could excuse a person for maybe not taking that season at face value. This season is I mean, you're basically dealing with the same team without your predominant scorer who is now in the NBA, you know, like it's, I I just don't know, man. Like you, you hope that they're taking steps to get to where Alan Edwards wants them to be. But for whatever reason, there's, I mean, they're struggling and, and they're young and there's, there's, they have reasons, not excuses, but they have reasons why they're struggling. But you'd think that, it would be less so after last year. You think that they'd get all those growing pains out from under them last year. This is just, I mean, it's tough and they've got a tough schedule or a tough stretch ahead of them. And mountain West basketball is, it's not an easy thing to go into day in and day out. You're just going to have, this team's going to have to find it somewhere. Otherwise they're going to completely lose it. And it's I don't and I don't know where they're going to find it other than within themselves and they're going to have to start gaining improvements and playing out of their minds because I don't know about you man but I just haven't seen it yeah uh and and last year yeah you did have um all that attrition and all those injuries that you could point to uh as to why you you know you you had to slow things down offensively and basically change your whole style of play I mean this year they're they're what they're they've only had one injury uh, significant injury so far. That, that's Tyler Mormon, their junior college uh, transfer, the big man who, um, you know, it, it, I think when he gets back from his concussion, he's going to be able to to really help them defensively and, and in terms of rebounding. But, again, I mean, you know, the, the defense has really not been the problem to this point. I mean, you, at some point you got to be able to score. And, um, you know, th- th- this team is, uh, outside of Hunter Maldonado, just has not gotten anything consistently going um, in that aspect, and and that's not going to work. And um, another thing is that they continue to cough up a bunch of possessions. Um, you know, fifteen more turnovers against Oregon State, and they can't they can't give the ball away that many times and cough up that many possessions when you're struggling on the offensive end as it is. And that's you know that that's been an issue um, you know through throughout Allen's tenure, and uh, I think they averaged uh, close to fifteen last year, or right under fifteen. And now the you know they're averaging right around fourteen through their first um, four or five games this year. I mean that, that simply they've got to get that stuff corrected, man. Um, because I mean if you're gonna if you're only scoring fifty fifty five points, it's not going to matter if you're holding everybody to fifty five or sixty. Um, so yeah, they've got to they've get, like you said they've they've got to um, you know sort of figure something out on the, on the offensive end. And I do think that starts being able to hold on to the ball because. Uh, just way too many turnovers. 
uh, for a team that struggles to score as it is. It's it's a shame because there's there's also a lot of in-state optimism about basketball. I mean, you've got um, Hayes Fornstrom now, who used to be a preferred walk-on on the football program, um, kind of joined up and was a, a fill-in body on the basketball team last year. He's decided that he's going to stick with basketball and and be a part of this team. Obviously, you've got Hunter Thompson, who arguably needs to step into a bigger role and really this needs to be his breakout year, basically. I mean, it's just his complete body of work hasn't been there for the pokes this in, in previous years. It needs to be there this year. Um, you've also just got uh, like guys like Lawson Lovering um, from Cheyenne Central who recently um, committed to Colorado. Um, you've got standout individuals and a couple of the junior college programs here in Wyoming have that, like our top 25 in the country lately. So there's a lot, a lot of optimism and a lot of excitement for basketball in the state of Wyoming. And if the Cowboys aren't producing it, then you've got to think like this is the highest stage of basketball in the state. Why aren't they good when all of these other, you know, when all of these factors are also in play? So it's, I mean, it seems like we'll just kind of beat the drum. If we haven't already beaten the drum deaf, then we will at some point. But I mean, they're going to need, if nothing else, they're going to need like an adrenaline shot of enthusiasm and enjoyment for this basketball team at some point at least give people something to watch because it's unless people are really excited about watching like a couple of teenagers and young men grow on the basketball court there there's not going to be a whole lot else for them to watch in terms of like tangible results unless they really kick it into gear um going into I'll even give them into the new year, but there it's, it's going to have to happen really soon. Yeah. Well, you know, the way you get uh, people to come out to your games is, is you win. I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. the reality of it, man. So um, yeah, I mean, obviously going to be something to watch as they continue on what everybody knows is an important season for, uh, you know, the direction of, of this basketball program. But uh, Brady, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, I do want to say, and speaking of offense, since we've this has sort of been the topic of this uh, podcast uh, with uh, Wyoming's football and basketball teams, but um, uh, I, I debated even bringing this up, because, and I, I didn't put anything out about it on Twitter or any any of my social media pages because, um, frankly, I really didn't didn't give two thoughts to it or um, didn't think it was that big of a deal, but. Um, you know, I, I did want to uh, tip my hat to uh, to Craig Bull um, because he he did apologize um, to me um, about uh, the the way he answered one of my questions after uh, the Utah State game and in his uh, post game press conference or it wasn't really a press conference but gathering after the game uh, with the media um, and I'm uh, I don't know who all is. If any of you guys have seen that, but, um, you know, I posted the full video of the, of, uh, his interview, which wasn't very long, about a minute and 20 seconds, uh, uh, up on our website at trib.com. So you guys can check that out if you haven't already seen it. But, um, you know, I was asking him a question about if he was disappointed at this point in the season that he, you know, this team hasn't been able to generate enough offense. And, you know, basically he just snapped back and said, what do you think? And basically did the whole next question thing. And which I, 
you know, personally, I didn't, I didn't take any offense to that. Uh, and really, like I said, I really didn't give it much of a second thought after the game happened. Like, look, man, I, Craig Bowles is not the first frustrated coach to, uh, you know, to, to lash out, you know, when he, after, after, in the heat of the moment after, after a tough loss and, um, you know, he won't probably won't be the last and, you know, he's got a job to do. I've got a job to do. And it was a, it was a le- very legitimate question. Um, you know, again, I mean, this team has, their four losses have come by combined 15 points. Their three conference losses have come by combined 12 points and they haven't scored more than 22 points in any of those. Um, and you know, that, that is an issue, uh, for the, for this team is, um, as you know, you go forward for the season and I think big picture for this program in terms of what they're doing offensively. Um, but he did come back on Monday and I, I'm not going to go into the details of our conversation and exactly what we said, but, uh, he apologized to me and he, he was very emphatic with that apology. And, um, you know, I did, I did at least want to mention that because there are a lot of coaches out there, man, that wouldn't do something like that. I mean, even if they knew, um, they were in the wrong, um, you know, these coaches, there a lot of, there's a lot of money involved with these coaches and there's a lot of ego involved with these coaches. And a lot of these guys think they're the smartest guy in the room and, uh, you know, sort of sometimes look down on, on media, like, you know, we don't know what we're talking about and all this stuff, but, um, you know, I, I did want to at least, uh, recognize that and, and let people know that he, he did apologize for that. And I, I was appreciative of that. Uh, cause like I said, there's. Just not everybody would do that in that situation if they knew that in the wrong. I think that's just a, a good life lesson in general, man. I mean, we're all adults here. Life happens. Stuff happens. You get emotional. Sometimes you, you don't always make the best decision. You don't always say the right thing. And, uh, you know, it, it, at the very least, it, you know, if you mess up, everybody should be uh, big enough to at least own up to it and, and say, hey, man, I'm sorry and, and, and apologize for when they're in the wrong. So uh, I did at least just wanted, wanted to uh, to mention that. But uh, you guys can uh, follow all of our uh, coverage, again, at uh, trib.com, pokesauthority.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at pokesauthority and at Wild Varsity. You can follow me on Twitter at Davis E. Potter. You can also follow Brady on the Twitter machine at Brady Oltmans. Uh, this podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. So be sure to uh, like it, download it, share it, give us that five-star rating. Uh, Brady, appreciate you joining me as always. And uh, always appreciate you guys for listening. And we will talk to you again next week. Peace.